Welcome to Vitalita Health. I'm Lisa Henderson, a registered dietitian nutritionist and a proud Gen Xer. If you're a Gen Xer, you've landed in the right place. I created this podcast specifically with you in mind to provide you with current high quality information about healthy aging and healthy living during this busy time in your life. In this show, we'll approach health from a whole person perspective and we'll discuss a variety of health topics from nutrition and exercise to managing stress and emotions to sleep, cognitive health, and beyond. We'll also discuss strategies for preventing or managing chronic conditions like diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and obesity, just to name a few. Before we jump in, just a quick reminder to subscribe or follow this show so you don't miss an episode. Also, please rate, review, or share this podcast with friends or family who might benefit from it. Today, we're going to jump into part two of this series on protein. Last week, I discussed in depth the variety of reasons why protein is important for health. So if you missed that episode, be sure to check that out. In today's show, I'm going to dive into which foods are good sources of protein. And we'll talk about animal sources of protein and also vegan and vegetarian plant-based sources. I'll also get into essential amino acids. And I'll discuss strategies that vegans or vegetarians can use to ensure that they're getting enough protein in their diet for optimal health. So let's get started. First, we'll talk about foods that are good sources of protein. And you might be rolling your eyes thinking, Lisa, this is so basic. Why are we spending time on this? But hear me out, because I've done one-on-one sessions with clients. Sometimes I'm surprised at how often people think they know which foods are good sources of protein, when in reality, they actually don't. So let's jump into this now so I can be sure that you understand the basics of this before we move forward. First, we'll start with animal-based foods that are good sources. And these include fish and seafood, poultry, and lean or extra lean red meat. And with the red meat, I would say that moderation is a good idea. But essentially, all types of meat, fish, poultry, and red meat, are great sources of protein. They might have other pluses or minuses nutritionally, but as far as protein goes, they are all great sources of protein and definitely tend to have higher amounts of protein than their plant-based counterparts. Now, if you're hearing this and you're starting to tune out because you're a vegan or a vegetarian and you're thinking, oh, this show isn't for me, please stay with me because I will be giving you strategies in this episode to make sure that you're getting enough protein as well. So hang in there with me. So another good source of protein are eggs. Eggs are a great source of protein and an affordable option. One large egg has about 6 grams of protein. So if you're having two eggs in a serving, you're getting 12 grams of protein with your meal just from the eggs. And even if you buy the very best pasture-raised eggs like I do, you're still only spending around a dollar per serving of eggs. So I give eggs a big thumbs up. 
They have protein, they're satisfying, they're affordable, and they have other healthy nutrients like choline and lutein and zeaxanthin, which support your eye health. Another good source of protein are dairy products like milk, cheese, plain yogurt. I suggest going with unsweetened versions because no one needs all that extra sugar. And with yogurt, it is true that Greek yogurt has more protein than regular yogurt, but either one is a good choice. Another food that's a good source of protein that you might not have heard of before is bone broth. Bone broth is similar to regular broth or stock, but it's simmered for a longer time, and that increases the protein content of the broth. It tends to have anywhere from 5 to 10 grams of protein, sometimes more, per cup, compared with 1 to 3 grams of protein in a typical cup of broth. So if you're looking to increase your protein intake, bone broth can be a good option to add to your meals or sip on for a light snack. The only caveat is it's expensive. And if you do buy some, make sure you get the low-sodium version because otherwise you'll be getting a lot of sodium with your protein. Another thing about protein from animal-based foods is that they tend to be complete protein, meaning they contain all nine of the essential amino acids. We'll talk about essential amino acids and what that means in a moment. So now let's talk about plant-based sources of protein. One of the pluses of plant-based sources that are also whole foods or minimally processed is that they're more affordable also. For example, you can buy a one-pound packet of non-GMO tofu for around $2, and that will give you three or four servings. So basically that works out to $0.50 cents to $0.67 cents per serving, which is pretty awesome for these crazy inflationary times that we're living in right now. And beans, of course, are very economical. Uh, beans are anywhere from a dollar to two dollars a can, usually, which has three or four servings. And again, you do the math. Beans are even less expensive if you cook dried beans yourself from scratch. So those are just a couple of examples why plant-based whole food sources of protein offer a great bang for your buck. So let's dive into these plant-based foods now. So first on the list are legumes, things like beans, lentils, and peas. And included in legumes are black beans, white beans, kidney beans, chickpeas, all types of lentils, split peas. Peanuts are also legumes. And also, of course, soybeans or edamame. And of course, other soy foods that are a good source of protein include tofu and tempeh. You may have heard that soy is a complete protein, and that is true, because it does contain all nine of the essential amino acids. However, it's fairly low in two of these, methionine and lysine. So that's good to keep in mind, because you wouldn't want to limit your protein intake only to soy foods. All kinds of nuts and seeds are also good sources of protein. Walnuts, almonds, pistachios sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, and also natural nut and seed butters like peanut butter, almond butter, sunflower butter, or tahini, which is basically sesame seed butter. All of those are good sources of protein. 
How about whole grains? Whole grains have higher amounts of protein than refined grains. One good example would be quinoa, which are whole grains, and they have 8 grams of protein for one cup serving. And you're probably thinking, whole grains? She's crazy. Whole grains are carbs. And yes, whole grains like quinoa are a great source of complex carbs. But I don't think most people realize that they can definitely boost your protein intake for the meal as well. Now let's talk about essential amino acids. Essential simply means that these amino acids are essential for you to get through the foods you eat because your body can't make them on its own. Simple as that. So there are nine essential amino acids. There are 20 amino acids total, and nine of them are essential to get through the diet. And these are phenylalanine, leucine, isoleucine, valine, tryptophan, threonine, methionine, histidine, and lysine. And a food is considered to be a complete protein when it contains all nine of these essential amino acids. Now, as I mentioned before, even a food that's a complete protein, like soy, doesn't necessarily have all nine of these amino acids in optimal amounts. It might be higher in some and lower in others. Animal-based foods tend to be complete proteins. But again, depending on whether it's fish or meat or eggs or dairy, a particular food might be a great source of some of these essential amino acids. But no food is going to be an excellent source of all of them. So this is why it's a good idea to get your protein from a variety of healthy foods. That will make it much more likely that you're getting an optimal amount of all of the essential amino acids for your protein needs. So now let's dive into some strategies for vegans and vegetarians for getting enough protein in their diet. You may have heard of the concept of combining proteins. And 50 years ago, it was believed that you had to combine. In other words, you had to eat at the same time different types of vegetarian foods that had complementary amino acid profiles in order to meet your protein needs. Now, the general consensus in the nutrition community, for the last few decades really, is that you don't have to combine these different foods in the same meal necessarily. But if you are a vegan or a vegetarian, it's a good idea to have a variety of different types of plant proteins throughout the course of the day. If you do this, you can feel confident that you're getting all the essential amino acids in sufficient amounts. For example, legumes like beans, lentils, or peas have a particular amino acid profile. They tend to be rich in some of the essential amino acids, but lower in others. And whole grains tend to be complementary to legumes because whole grains tend to be higher in the particular amino acids that legumes are low in and vice versa. And this is probably part of the reason why many different cultures around the world historically have paired these types of foods together. The people in these cultures probably observed that people who ate both types of these foods tended to be healthier. And these different types of foods tend to taste good together. So that's another good reason. So you can definitely eat them together in the same meal if you choose. 
Or you could simply aim to have a variety of these foods throughout the day. It's your choice. You make the call. And if you're vegan or vegetarian, don't forget about nuts and seeds and nut butters because these foods also offer their own unique amino acid profile. And they're a great way to round out both your protein and your nutrition needs for the day. So that's all for today. Be sure to subscribe and join me again next week when I discuss how to calculate your daily protein needs based on your age and situation. And I'll also give you handy practical tips for how to easily meet your needs with each meal. Have an amazing week, and I'll see you right back here next week. I hope you learned something new from this episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love it if you would leave me a five-star review. As a reminder, you can visit my website, vitalitahealth.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-A, health.com, to listen directly to my podcast episodes, to read my blog on nutrition and health, and to learn more about me. In addition, I started a Facebook page for this podcast as a way to engage with my listeners and provide you with updates. So I encourage you to check that out and follow this page. Also, feel free to contact me directly at vitalitahealth at gmail.com. I hope you have an amazing week. See you right back here next week. This podcast discusses wellness strategies for health in an informational and educational manner only, with information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. This podcast is not intended to replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury. You should consult a physician or other trusted healthcare professional before adopting any of the suggestions in this podcast. Neither myself, Lisa Henderson, or Vita Lita Health accept any liability for any loss, damage, illness, or injury.